What is up, Candy Crew? Welcome to this episode of Best Candy Ever. <laughs> let me do that again. I'll do it. We'll, oh, we'll cut that out. You, let her, you literally Hi. walked into it's my mom. Hi. How are you? You walked into the frame like the second we started recording. Oh, I'm sorry. What is up, Candy Crew? Welcome to this episode of Best Candy Ever with me, your host, Renee, aka Bass Drop Princess. Today, I have a very, very special friend and guest of the podcast. She is an inspiration and is also someone who I would describe as a go-getter and someone who wants the best for the EDM community and more specifically the shuffling community. So without further ado, please welcome my good friend, Jessica, aka Desert Warrior. Hello, hello. What's up, girl? Thank you so much for having me here. I'm so excited. Yes, thank you for being here. Oh my gosh. How have you been? I have not seen you. I think I want to say the last time I saw you was at a disciple show here. Yeah. Oh my God. I think that was like January of last year. Like one of the last few local shows that we actually had. And it was a great show too. (laughs) I know. It's freaking insane. Uh, For those that don't know, Jessica lives here in Vegas as well. So I've actually known known her for a couple of years now. But yeah, dude, it's just like so insane not having shows, especially because I feel like before we were going to a bunch of them at one point. All the time. Every Tuesday, there was Beauty Bar with the bass. Every Wednesday was the house and the techno. And then on top of all the event companies throwing it on the weekends, there was never a day or there was never a week that went by there was not at least two to three things going on. Yeah, it's kind of strange. So do you kind of substitute that with virtual raves or are you just kind of like doing your own thing? I know you're super busy. Yeah, um, in the beginning, it definitely was virtual raves. And um, in the beginning, it was really fun. But then after a little while, kind of got a little sad because it really brought back all the memories of meeting people and dancing around and you can make it as real as you want to but there's just something different about being in the crowd surrounded by tons of people you don't know and honestly I think I took it for granted big time because now I'm just craving it more than anything I know fingers crossed hopefully for for this fall but for those that don't know Jessica um Can you tell us a little bit about yourself to our audience that isn't too familiar with your face yet? Absolutely. Uh, So I um, started from the beginning, I guess. I've been a raver since 2010. Um, Kind of fell into it amongst friends and it kind of became everything that I was. And throughout the years, I just kept finding the what it is to be a raver and what all the music is about. So um, every year just brought new music, uh, new vibes, kind of finding myself in between. And in that time, I really fell into shuffling. And I always had friends that were super amazing at it. Um, And I loved, I've always been a dancer my whole life, but shuffling really 
there was just something so fresh and so new about it. So um, it wasn't actually till a couple of years ago, probably like four or five years ago that I really started practicing the true basics with the running man and the T-step. And I was like, God, I was like, this really is who I am. And I was figuring out who I was for the first time within the uh, rave community. So a couple of years ago, um, two, three years ago, three years ago now, me and my homegirl uh, got to know each other, Mel. And we really realized that Vegas is lacking a shuffle community. There's a ton of dancers, a ton of flow artists, but nothing to really like, there's no crews out here. Everyone's in their own crews in other areas, but we just, we knew that there was something that needed to be done and people have always spoke about it. So with that came Vegas flow, um, me and Mel amongst a group of others just came together and we're like, what can we do to bring everyone together and meet all the other creative individuals out there? And so we started doing meetups and we had a huge park sesh meetup that you were at. And I remember you brought your little pie. It was so fun. Oh my God. That was so long ago. I want to say two, three years ago. Yeah. Um, it was fall of 2018. So it was like November or something. And I just remember that day was like, it, it blew my mind. I was in full blown tears at one point because this little idea that we had grew much faster than we ever thought ever that we anticipated. So that's kind of who I became and it has just been my passion ever since is to find all the local dancers out there to help people come out of their shell and find their creative side, whether it was any type of flow art, any type of dancing, uh, all the way from DJs, photographers, like that's what, that's what Vegas flow is. It is everyone in the community as one. So being able to bring people out, um, people that moved to Vegas and they didn't have any friends um, or they didn't know anyone that was in the community, that's what we were all about. So the last three years has been my, my thing, my biggest passion ever. And it has, it has grown to where we have met dancers from all over the country. That is freaking insane dude I it it's so it's so mind-blowing because your growth has became so huge and I say that because I remember that um Vegas flow meetup at I think it was like Desert Breeze Park and at the time I like had just gotten a pixel whip and I was like (laughs) oh this is cool like what is this and you're like super warm and welcoming you're like oh you should come I was like I don't shuffle and you're like, that's completely fine um, because you had so many people that didn't shuffle there that like um, did poi or they uh, basically were like in, into some type of flower. And I thought that was really cool because I haven't heard of a group that uh, has like not just shufflers, but people that hoop, that orbit. So I think that is definitely something that makes Vegas flow really unique and different. 
So um, I know recently too, you uh, had Shuffle for Shoes. Yeah, we had our third annual Shuffle for Shoes this year. And uh, what that is, is a charity event that um, obviously everyone donates shoes, but it's clothing too. And we wanted to pick an organization that really meant a lot to us. And that was the Nevada Partnership for Homeless Youth. And we picked them because what helps the youth in all parts of the world come together when they're living in harsher environments. And it's always been music and dance. So that's how we wanted to give back to the community. And um, every year it's just gotten bigger and bigger. I can't even describe the amount of stuff that we got. Like you would have to see a full, you'd have to see a picture. And every year it's just, it opens up my eyes to how beautiful this community is that everyone just came together and dropped off loads of stuff. I mean, this year was astronomical and it was, it went beyond shoes and clothing. It was food. It was um, essentials that, the Nevada homeless youth really do need. So it was a beautiful thing and I'm super excited to continue it even bigger every year. Um, And hopefully we're really aiming for being able to meet up with some of the youth and teach classes for not only shuffling, but for hooping and gloving, poi and all the other flow arts because it will get them excited and who knows, it could open up an opportunity for them in the future that they never would have expected. Hell yeah. Not only that, I feel like that'll help keep like a lot of them out of trouble, out of uh, like violence or like, I don't know. I feel like it'll just give them more motivation, especially now. I feel like a lot of youth is, um, I feel like a lot of them do have mental health that like mental health issues that kind of rose out from this big boom of social media. And I think more awareness has been brought to it, but I feel like because social media has gotten even bigger, there have definitely been more like suicides and cases of depression, mental illness, but that's so cool that you guys are even thinking about the youth. Um, I didn't, I didn't know that. I, for sure. I remember shuffle for shoes. Cause I actually went to one of them. I think it was two years ago. And I remember um, like going through my clothes, seeing what I could donate. And at the time, I think it was only, you guys were mainly doing shoes, but anything that you didn't use, like um, clothing wise, you could bring. But that was, even then I was like, wow, this is definitely something bigger than expected. And um, that's so awesome. How, like, why do you, like, I didn't even know you guys were doing that, but what motivated and inspired you guys to uh, like even go that far, take that charitable step? Um, so I kind of just had a, uh, revelation one day. Um, I was driving, um, on my way to UNLV when I was a student there. And as I'm driving on this corner, I saw the same homeless man that I've seen on and off for years. And it had been, oh God, it had easily been six years since I had seen him. And I just happened to see the day and I would never forget him because he much older now, but just had the 
brightest blue eyes and like the sun was just shining down on him. And every time I saw him, I would roll down my window when I was younger. So this time I was like, oh, I have to do it too. I'm like scrambling in my car to see what I can give him. So I just was only able to give him money at that moment. But as I'm driving to school and on the way back, I'm like, I was like in tears. Like I was just like, had all these built up emotions. I was like, what can we do? And Vegas flow was brand spanking new. So I had an epiphany and it was like, boom, shuffle for shoes, charity event let's give back. And that's kind of how it all started was just that one moment with that sweet old man with the bright blue eyes. And he has no idea the emotion that he brought upon me. And now to everybody else. Yeah. He has no idea that he's part of your, pretty much your vision, your, your dream for Vegas flow. That's so freaking nuts. Um, I think that it's even more incredible that you guys are doing that now because of COVID and the pandemic and, you know, people losing their homes, their jobs, and really needing um, stuff, like you said, the essentials. Um, Like, can you kind of go over how this stupid virus has affected uh, Vegas flow? Or even you, really, it's affected everyone. Um, Well, it's, yeah, it's it's affected myself deeply and Vegas flow it because I am me and myself as well as Vegas flow is cohesive so uh we had a lot of plans to be with the uh youth community during the summer and the spring and uh, all the plans that we had to start really having more meetups and bringing people together and having more classes um we wanted family days where people could come out. I mean, everyone always brought their kids anyways, but there were a lot of like my coworkers that had have children and they're like, oh, my kids would love to do that. So all these big, big plans that we had and it just was abruptly stopped. Like I remember we had our last shuffle meetup, flow shuffle meetup at Sunset Park And we kind of knew what was coming, but, you know, ravers are renegades. So we're like, let's keep going. Let's keep pushing. And two days later, done. So that really hit me mentally. I didn't know what to do and how to go about life because for us, music is everything and being social is the whole part of it. So it took a it took a big toll um, on myself and my partner as well. Um, me and Mal didn't really know what to do at this point. So unfortunately, we did take um, a long break. We didn't know if posting was a good idea. Like we almost got confused. Like we didn't know who our original selves were anymore. Uh, so that. That was a tearjerker. We eventually found our ways to be with the community um, virtually. And um, it was just, it took took many months. It took a long time. Um, But I think the biggest thing for myself with the pandemic is 
I was so focused on being at every show and meeting every person that came up to me that recognized me and then not having that interaction anymore was like my brain was going a million miles per hour but everything else was slow around me so it's been a lot to build that momentum back I kind of lost I lost my creative side I'm not gonna lie it was I didn't dance oh really probably, I didn't dance at all for like six months it was just being not able to have the area to dance, but also there, I had no motivation anymore. And, um, I kind of just shut myself out, but in the last now six months, I have really been pushing myself to go be out there more and help motivate people more. And I think talking and socializing more, um, has helped. But in that, in that moment where we couldn't go out, it was just, it was a tough one. No, it's hard, dude. It's so hard. Uh, especially like you're such a social butterfly already. I can only imagine it's like caging someone up. But before COVID, you were like shuffling almost every day, I want to say, because I would watch like your story because I think you would do like uh, little lives or I remember seeing videos of you like in my uh, feed and stuff. And now that you say that, I'm like, oh yeah, I haven't like seen you in a while besides like the past Vegas flow stuff. So um, are you like getting back into it? Like your groove is there now? A little bit more motivated? Yeah, I definitely have uh, been watching uh, more videos and I'm about to start taking uh, tutorials to help myself uh, progress because I was at a standstill for so long and now there's all these new moves and combos and the choreography has been out of this world. So it's all about just getting up and doing it and you um, excuses are going to keep holding me back. So I definitely make sure to watch videos all the time of people. And um, my uh, partner, Mel, she uh, helped me learn uh, the Melbourne more. And we did that this summer when we finally could uh, hang out. And learning that, going from Cutting Shapes to Melbourne, really transformed my mind. So once that day happened last summer, that's when I was like, okay, I was like, this is where the girl's been. This is where she's at. Um, and then I just started going back into the garage and listening to music and playing around. And um, it, that's what, it, that's all it takes is just getting out there and doing it and not beating yourself up over not doing it. But no, 100%. That's how I feel about working out. Because for the longest time I was doing um, yoga like consistently almost every day. And then now you were. Yeah. And then COVID started and like a hot, warm room with tons of people in it is just not the ideal condition, especially right now. So I even like canceled my membership. And Ooh. I it's been like, I think in March, it's been about a year since I canceled it. But I've like eventually, I think you reach that point where you're like, what am I doing? Like I stopped doing this thing that I love that helped me like find myself. And uh, just recently I started getting like back into my practice, but I think you just need to have like that moment where you're just like, this isn't me or I miss 
a part of my old self because I like you can feel yourself kind of changing, you know, um, like for me, it was uh, just feeling super stressed out, like way more than normal anxiety through the roof. So I, I totally get that you just needed to have that one day last summer with Mel. Yeah. Mel is my girl, you know, she, uh, she's, uh, with FTS and she's just been such a big part of the shuffle community for so many years. So to have her as my inspiration, my business partner, and one of my very, very good friends, it is the reason why I can keep going. Amongst my in- injuries that I tend to get once or twice a year. If you take oh, like those ankle injuries? Place. Like foot injuries, oh, right? From shuffling so much? Yes. And that's the thing is, right when I got back into dancing last summer, I went on a trip. And I um, ended up rolling my ankle during the trip. And I just now am almost fully healed. So that was like six months of like barely being able to shuffle. So then I'm beating myself up even more. Oh my God. I was like, I was just there. I was just in the zone. But it just motivated me even more. It was like, okay, number one, get healthy. Um, that's the biggest thing with shuffling is if you get injured and it is difficult to hear music and not be able to move. So I had to distance myself away from like certain little get togethers. Oh, and, um, but within that time I healed up and took care of my ankle. And so now I'm back, I'm ready to go. Um, it's been nice being able to, I mean, you can't really go out and dance anywhere. There's like, some places that let you dance at the table and if I can have that moment I will take that moment now and then it's all about it's all about safety too with your feet feet are so important yeah I was gonna ask you (laughs) dude six months is a super long time to not be able to shuffle were you um like trying to shuffle like with one foot were you trying to at least get something in to at least so that one foot wasn't rusty. Oh yeah, I there were definitely some slip ups. Um, going, being out with us, some of my friends. There was a couple desert raves, and you know, going out there, and I was just like, "You guys, like, don't let me dance." And if I do, like, don't stop me in the middle of my like get down, but you know, remind me. And there were a couple times where I would just I couldn't stop myself, like it. It almost helped my ankle get back to that movement because you're so used to, the doctors will tell you, don't, they're like, rest, don't walk on it, don't jump on it. And at a certain point, yes, like, don't do that. But after a couple of months, I was like, no, my ankle needs to like rehabilitate itself. So um, it hurt. <laughs> yeah. Did you end up breaking it or like tearing a ligament or a tendon or... I don't know what it was. I got it uh, x-rayed and there was no hairline fractures. There was no break. I just rolled it really bad. And I think that had I not like threw myself in the opposite direction when it happened, I I thought I honestly broke it. But And it probably would have been better to break it because it wouldn't have been a six-month healing process, six months plus. Right. But yeah, it was a tough one, but now it's something that, motivate myself even more to get out there, keep dancing and 
that is why we have all these amazing dancers and flow artists who are constantly putting out videos because it really is inspiring the rest of us. You're so awesome. You know, (laughs) remind me of like, um, like pro skateboarders because they fuck their (laughs) up. Like they break so many bones. I forget, um, which skater it was, but my boyfriend and I, uh, Justin was showing me this video of like this massive jump that he had to do over these stairs. And he attempted it like 10 times before he finally ended up breaking, I think his femur. And then, oh my gosh. Yeah. Then, like, after a year, he returned to that same stairs, like the same uh, uh, group of stairs, whatever. And he, like, tried it again. And of course, he ate shit, but he eventually landed it. And I was just like, that is like, like, that's someone who has passion. And I feel like that's the exact thing that you have because if you're going to injure yourself and then keep on going, even though you know, like, the dangers of it and have been injured from, you know, dancing that, that I think that's some serious dedication. I don't think people really think about that or like kind of see the, see what, uh, what effort and practice goes into you when you, you know, shuffle out a rave or shuffle out a meetup. I don't think they really see that, like all the, all the hours and practices and tutorials that you Yeah. Watch. Yeah. That's, um, it there is a lot of effort going to it, a lot of stamina. Um, there's and that the number one thing is to really and I I mean I need to practice what I preach, but stretching is like the number one thing to do. So like after an injury and you heal, you need to make sure that you're constantly stretching. Like uh, get down at well when there are raves again, there's a big crowd. Like go down to the back of the crowd, sit your booty down and get all your muscles warmed up because you're so used to just like going out there and just immediately dancing that you you tend to forget the importance of prepping to dance for four plus hours in a night that amen that is so i i definitely agree because i don't even shuffle i mean i was like an amateur baby shuffler like a long time ago but after a three-day festival, I feel so beat up. I feel like I've, I've like went to gym three days in a row for like four hours. It, that's true. I think you definitely need to, to sit. I feel like for me, like getting older as I rave, I'm like, okay, Renee, you need to make sure that you eat a lot and you need to sit down. And now I have to wear like the most comfortable shoes. I have to take frequent breaks and that's kind of like, <laughs> I'm an older raver, but, uh, that's okay. And that's just like, I need to do me. So if that's something that, um, you know, that you have to do, like as a shuffler is like stretch and take care of yourself to prevent the injury. I think that's completely necessary. Yeah. And as you said it, veteran ravers, both of us, like we're a decade into this. when When did you start raving? I started raving in 2010. It was beyond wonderland the first Beyond Wonderland ever, actually, um, that year, and uh, went to it on a whim. And then as we're leaving the rave, uh, my homies in, are in the back of my car, and we're, I was just, like, blown away from what we just went through because it was one night only. And he's like, oh, yeah, you want to go to EDC? I'm like, what's that? Electric Daisy Carnival. And showed us the, uh, the video for the 2010 trailer 
And I probably rewatched that like 500 plus times in my whole decade of raving. It fucking sold me. I was so uh, like, yep, this is it. We're going. And I had a like little like double life because I was a cheerleader. So I couldn't tell anyone. Yeah, I was a cheerleader in high school. And obviously like that, it was not accepted back then. Like we were the weirdos. And so it was like kind of cool because I had this like alternate life that raver by night, cheerleader by day. That's hilarious. Uh, Yeah. But uh, I love that. I thought it was so fun. (laughs) What was your first rave? Oh, EDC 2011. So you've actually been raving longer than I have. So that's why uh, when you said beyond in California, I was like, oh shit, or 2010, like that super long. I, God, I went, my my first beyond was um, like only three years ago, even though it's right next door to us. um, It's just, well, even, even if it's a state like next to us, it's still a lot of effort to like plan and make the trip and go out there. But um, I definitely wanted to go to um, Beyond again last year. And I actually had a VIP ticket for it too and everything. Yeah, Timmy and I were going to go. And of course, I think I think it was like a week or two prior that they officially canceled it, right? Yep. Yeah, I was I was thinking the same thing. I like Beyond is my I remember back in the day, they used to call your first rave, uh, your birthday rave. So, um, beyond's always been my birthday rave and Mm -hmm. I try to go to it every single year and same thing. Like I was at crossed music festival last March and that's right. Yeah. I went to the last one and while I'm there, I made the decision. I was like, I'm going to be on, like I text my best friend, who I was going to go with. And I was like, okay, you know what? I don't care. I'll get my shifts covered. Like I'm not missing beyond this year. And then a week later we found out. So I, and I did buy my ticket for this year. So I'm like, hope, I mean. For the one at, um, at, in Washington in Paradiso, Paradiso or not? Paradiso. No. <laughs> I was like, wait, which venue is it? Um, no, I got my tickets for, um, SoCal, the San Bernardino one. And I, I bought it hoping that it was going to happen, but you know what? Um, if it doesn't happen, oh my gosh, sorry. No, you're good. Um, if it doesn't happen this year, um, it's okay. It's going to happen in the fall or if it's going to happen next year. Uh, we got the tickets. They're going to roll over and we're going to be ready. And we've had plenty of rest. This is the most rest any raver has ever had in their history of being so. So um, I think we're, we're just, we'll be ready to go. Second that they give us the go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, I don't know if, have you been to Electric Forest? No, it's on my list. It is on my list. I've oh, okay. seen your pictures and your stories every time you go or the time that you went. And I'm a, I'm obsessed. I fell in love just by watching your videos. Oh, uh, you would, you would love it. You would absolutely love it. Um, no, I asked because uh, I saw this post on Instagram and I think that the 
like the county where they, uh, the venue for Electric Forest is, um, they actually, the council approved uh, certain dates in August for it. So there's like this rumor that supposedly Electric Forest will be happening and that they're going to divide it up into like two weekends. And that's the most promising thing that I've heard so far this year, because I know Ultra just got canceled. So I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. I I still have faith because, you know, vaccines are starting to roll out. Now. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, maybe this is it. But it's, I don't know, because, you know, there's like that new strain that came out of the UK. And I want to say I read something, I don't know if it's true, that there's a new strain that came from Africa. So I was just like, fuck. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, we just got this vaccine and we now we're not even sure if it's going to be able to combat like the these two new strains. Um, like, unlike the flu shot, um, it actually covers a whole bunch of strains. So I think like a lot of people think that when they get it, it's it's only good for one specific one, but actually um, there's like enough like medicine in there to like help combat all the other strains. But with, you know, COVID, it's so new. So I don't know, 2021, I feel like I don't know how to, how to feel about it, especially because, um, you know, there's like a new administration. So supposedly things are supposed to get really different, but I feel like at the moment it almost feels the same. I don't know. How do you feel about it? Um, I think that it for sure, at this point, everyone is doing what they possibly can to make it happen. And that goes for the production companies, event companies, um, uh, DJs trying to make everything work. Now it's no longer hoping for, it's working for. What can we do to make it happen? How can we make it be the safest way? And I think with so many different people with their heads in the game, um, it's gonna, we're gonna make it work. It's gonna happen. Um, I, would, I, I would like to see something be open and music going down this fall. Um, are we gonna have people in the crowd freestanding? That I think is the biggest question of them all because that is where it, that's where the danger lies. So I think that if we just keep pushing the desert or not desert raves, drive-in raves. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no. Uh, If we keep pushing the drive-in raves, whether it's your car or your pod experience, that just gives everyone so much ammo to just keep going. And once these uh, vaccines come out, I know Pasquale is very upfront about everything that he wants to do to make it work, which is nice because it's a piece of it, it's peace of mind. It gives us hope. And I think that's what we need is we just need that hope that it's going to return. And nowhere in history, anytime that there's been anything catastrophic uh, from sicknesses, to wars music has always been there and this is the first time that music has really not been able to express itself so it's a whole it's the whole world we're all feeling the pain and we're just got to keep pushing through and one day we'll be back in the crowd and let me tell you i was being a veteran raver throw me in the back. I would not go in the front, maybe not even past the middle anymore. And now when I go back, 
best believe I'm going to be making my way to the rail and I'm going to be headbanging just like when I was uh, 18, 19 years old. Like we got, we're going to take it back to the old days because we miss it. We need it. Give me, give me all the sweaty bodies. (laughs) It's funny you say that. I actually just, um, I posted this, I have this thing called rave moments that I kind of curated, which are different rave moments. And the one that I just posted today was uh, when you and your squad finally make it to the rail and you realize you made a mistake. And that's just because for me, I'm super like now I just don't want to be in that like super crowded, crowded environment where I'm like, everyone's touching me. Like I'm fine if people are like around, but if you're like headbanging and I could feel somebody like right behind me or someone's hair, it like kind of freaks me out. And I just, oh God, I'm just old now. And I just want to hang in the back. <laughs> uh, but no, rail riders are cool. I just can't do it anymore, dude. It's just been, it's too much for me. It was too much. I had to go. Like I saw like it's a lot of work to get up there. And I think the last time I rode the rail was at a WMC event here. It might've been for Kazo or actually I think it was for Kazo. So this is probably like two years ago. And, you know, just like, it was fun, but I witnessed a girl just like whack her head on the rail and I don't think that her boyfriend or her friend saw it. And so I had to like tap, tap. I'm like, yo, your girl just like really nailed herself. And we had already like discussed like, hey, when you guys leave, can we take your spot? So. Oh, wow. That's some raver etiquette. Yeah. See, you gotta have that. That's like the, that's another thing. Like we gotta, as veteran ravers, we need to teach everyone, especially the younger generation of ravers the best ways to get in and out of crowds and ride the rail and just be respectful in general, because if chances are, if you ask somebody, they're going to be like, Oh yeah, no, not a problem. Hey, we're going to, we're about to leave this set in like 30 minutes. It's like totally cool. And then guess what? You're exchanging numbers and Instagrams and you become friends for that like little brief moment. Um, But yeah, after I saw that girl whack her head on the rail And then they left and we were up front and then everyone behind me and what they weren't so nice. And they were like, they didn't get the etiquette thing. So I was like, okay, I was like, we're going to go hard one last time. And, but it was rough. (laughs) Yeah. 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 No, there's nothing wrong with riding the rail. It's totally cool. I think some people I've seen it where they'll ask you to be like, or they'll ask if, you want to switch for a second, they'll be like, hey, can I like be on the rail for like a second? Either because they want to like get a video or they just want to like headbang real quick. But no, raver etiquette, I feel like it's not even that hard. It's literally just saying like, excuse me and sorry. So that's why like whenever I go like to all the way to the back, I'm always like, excuse me, sorry. And there's normally never any problem. So when I hear about all those crazy like fights or like whatever the hell going down at shows and festivals, I'm just like, well did you say anything or make any eye contact? Cause I've always, I've always, I've had that like at least at once every festival where some big ass dude will be like, and I'm like, oh, Hey, yeah. you know, down. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. That, sorry. That just kind of brings me back. Cause it's been so long since we've had a festival. So I'm like, Oh my God, I forget some of the, um, rudeness, but whatever. Yeah. And, um, I mean, that's why, that's why us older ones are in the back now, but 
Uh, I don't know why this keeps going off. Very okay. good. Hold, hold on. Oh my gosh. So sorry that. Okay. You're good. Yeah. Okay. Apparently the night mode doesn't work very well on alarms. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, yeah. What was I going to ask you? Oh, so do you, do you like ever stop working? Like, I know you're working now, but did you ever stop working during all of this? Uh, yes, I did. Um, I stopped working, um, the day that they announced, um, that we were close, we were shutting down. Um, we are, I work at a bar, I work at Golden Tiki. So with it not being a restaurant, there was no ability for to goers. Actually, I don't think anyone was open after that for a little while, but because of us being a bar, um, we I didn't, I didn't go back to work until end of June. And the lockdown started here in Vegas, I think March, like the end of March, right? Like end middle of March. Yeah. Yeah. It was, uh, I think it was right around St. Patrick's day. I want to say maybe a little bit before, maybe a little bit after around that. Yeah. It was a, I was out of work for quite a long time and that that's no easy feat when you're used used to being on your feet. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Because of that, I feel like that's why I've seen with a lot of other influence influencers, I feel like I've seen either like this big surge in their social media presence, or I've seen like the biggest absence. And I, I feel like it's definitely some, of course it has, to do with COVID, everyone's going through um, their own shit. But I think that it's great that you're still able to like keep Vegas flow going despite like that pause, uh, especially because here, I think for a while there wasn't any meetups or, or you couldn't have a gathering um, over 50 people, I want to say. I don't even know if that's the case anymore because I think I clubs are open, like strip clubs and stuff. I was wondering about that the other day, actually. I have no idea. I was just actually talking to my boyfriend about that because um, of um, Terrace After Hours at Hustler. And they had on top of the strip club on the third level, they had uh, After Hours on Saturdays. And that was like a huge place for shufflers to go to. Oh, what? Okay. I didn't know that. I have yeah. a friend that, that goes to that and she said that it's really chill. Um, they play, I think she said they play mostly like techno and house. And I always wanted to, to go and check it out, but that went to shit real fast. <laughs> but I don't know. I feel like there's so many different like loopholes too. Cause if you serve food, your restaurant and you can stay open. I mean, I, I don't care. I, I used to be so, no, everything used to stay closed. Like this isn't, this isn't right. We got to um, flatten the curve. And while that is true, people need to be able to feed their kids, put money on the table, pay their rent, not get evicted. So uh, whatever, as long as you wear a mask and if you're symptomatic, stay home. I Yeah. Do, do your part. That's all it takes. And we live in a service industry city. So I know. That's why it's us, super hard. Asking us to stay completely shut down 
was there was it was unacceptable. It's impossible when I mean probably I'd say like 85% of the city works in the service industry or in the show production industry. So um I'm happy that we were able to open up a little bit more. It's been nice to have uh Disco Pussy has been having their nights. Um I personally love going to Club Soda. Um it was nice to have them back at Park on Fremont. So that's been I only go like probably like twice a month just because um wait I don't think I've ever been is that um is that like a bar or is that like a night uh yeah it's actually right across the street from Commonwealth uh diagonally and uh it's a restaurant in front and then in the back is a courtyard and that's uh where they have a lot of seating for their restaurant so they have been setting up the DJ booth and then there's a ton of tables out there. So everyone's able to uh, sit down, enjoy the music. I mean, you can dance at your table and just, girl, you gotta, gotta check it out. And Sundays, base Sundays. Um, okay. I didn't know. Yes. Yeah. We'll have to go together because I just went, um, not this past one, but the weekend before and they were playing some gnarly whoops. Like it felt so good to headbang and um, just being like around in around people. And it's not a crowd of people, but just seeing everyone else dance with their friends at their table. And then um, sometimes it's my friends up there DJing. Um, but it's just, it brings back that wholesome feeling of being a raver and I only give myself like twice a month to go out and do that because um, I obviously don't want to burn myself out either but yeah it's yeah. been really nice they have house nights techno nights and then Sunday's base night so me and you will definitely have to plan a night to Heck go yes. out there so you can get get your base on <laughs> yes absolutely um Oh my God. I had no idea because the the last thing before shows like started happening consistently in Vegas, I don't know if you remember, there was this um, like event called Dub Church at the Rio. And I want to say it was like every Tuesday, but they would just have like a whole bunch of local dubstep DJs come and play. But I haven't heard of any like specific dubstep night in so long. So that's why I was like, what? Like they're actually playing bass music. That's awesome. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. It's all uh, mainly local artists. I think that they sometimes get a couple people from like uh, surrounding states, but yeah, it's good vibes. You know, it starts out like it goes from like nine to one, or maybe like nine thirty to one thirty, something like that. And it's a, it's a great time. The music's blasting, and um, I just it's nice to be able to just see people out again. It, it makes me feel more human. <laughs> right. But yeah. And then hopefully we'll be having more things to come in the future. I don't know why Vegas can't have a drive-in when we have like all these empty parking lots that are as big as an amphitheater, but. No, for real. I think that we should definitely be able to have one. Um, it, it's just so strange because you see California, like who's super locked up. I think they actually just lifted some orders recently, like, like 
hair salons and I think nail nails and tattoo parlors can be open but compared to uh for example florida i was just there it's like a different world <laughs> everything like the majority of things are open and it's wild because um california is still racking up all these cases and it kind of makes you think like okay like it's this type of legislation or mandate versus the other. But when I was in Florida, people were wearing masks. I went to Universal and it was super uh, strict with the mask wearing. And I remember we were, my boyfriend and I were, were on one of these rides and one of the workers there was on the microphone was like, please keep your mask on. And there was like signs everywhere and they were super strict there. But yet like, with California, with actually staying home, like the, their cases are still rising. So I feel like it, it's like, what, like, what do we do? Like how, like, what can we do for everyone? Because these, like the cases and things being open, it's just kind of like, I don't want to say contradictory, but I feel like it makes things not add up, you know? Oh, 100%. Everything that you're saying is literally what I'm thinking all the time. Like, how is it possible that it's almost been a year. And I know, dude. I can't believe, like, for the longest time, it felt like it wasn't that long had passed by. And then after the fall came, it was like, oh, my goodness. Like, I I felt like I just blinked my eyes. And we were about to start festival season again. And so and I feel like it's going to be kind of a shock when that one year comes up because no one anticipated it to go this long. And now we're here, but all these other places, like you said, you went going to Florida. I actually, uh, I, I loved watching your story about that. And it got me really hyped. And so me and my friends decided to get tickets to go Dirty Bird Camp in in Orlando. Oh, when is yeah. that? Oh my gosh. It's in May, at the end of May. It's actually technically a week before EDC uh, in Vegas. Um, but yeah, so with the unfortunate possibility of that not happening, we're like, okay, you know what? Let's do something for ourselves. Let's go out there. And I'm really excited because it's going to be a lot of shuffling. I'm hoping that I get to meet a lot of dancers that I have followed for quite some time and it should be a good time. Hotel Rave. I've never, I've never been. I always want to go to Splash House in Palm Springs. So this, and that's what the plan was last year. So it'll be really fun to uh, take it to the next level on the East side. Hell yes. You, you need this. You absolutely need this. And <laughs> yeah, you need an outlet. We all need an outlet. And if this means that you're going to go there to have fun safely with friends and so be it. I think that it's important that people see um, like how it is every, everywhere, not just what's like on the news. But regardless, um, I, I just think that what you've continued to do is like so great. And um, I wanted to ask you before we forget, but do you have any candies that you want to share? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Um, so I probably should have brought this one up when I was talking about Beyond Wonderland, my first one. Um, but to bring it back, so 2010, um, first first rave ever 
um, new from other ravers to make our own candy. So we made like our own little single bands and didn't know much of anything. So there's this, this is at the end of the night and there was this girl who was decked from head to toe in candy. Like from what I can remember, I believe her whole outfit was candy. Like she was, she was candied out. She was a candy kid. She was a candy kid, candy queen, candy God. Like she was everything. So, um, me and my, me and my best friend at the time, we didn't want to be those, be those people, but we were like, Oh my God, like she has so much candy. So we're like, should we go up to her? And we did. And, um, she, uh, she was, uh, you could tell she was tired, but we were like, listen, like, yo, this is for real our first rave. So she gave us each one of uh, her cuffs. And this is the cuff that I got. And it is super elaborate. This is like, freaking beautiful. Um, can you describe to our listeners, uh, like, what it looks like, what it is, so that way they get more of a visual? Yeah. So um, it's definitely stars. Um, they're little like twinkle stars, I would say they are. So, um, I didn't get a story from her, but for me, it was like the, like, I was that like that little twinkle fairy in the crowd all night. So I was literally on my tippy toes, like running through the crowd and stuff. So when I got this, I was like, that's really cool. And when you get a, when you have it on it, like, spins around and like dances with you yeah yeah they like these giant charms oh my gosh yeah I couldn't imagine how much work goes into it and I definitely have kept it um I don't wear it a lot because of the reason it being so old and it looks like it's really well put together but still I would be really sad if this ever broke on me because I don't think I'd be able to fix it and yeah so, and that was, so that was my first big candy cuff ever. Um, and then wow, something that me. Fantastic. Sorry. Yeah. So, it looks like three candies in one. So I know. Like and like, I, it like, I don't you can't really tell. It's like, some of it is like pearl. Some of it is um, iridescent. And then some of it's like that matte color. It literally is a little bit of every type of bead you would find in your kit. So I think that's what makes this one really, really unique. Yeah, I think that's definitely one of the most epic first candies <laughs> ever. Like that was your first one. I, it took me like three years to get a cuff. Yeah, I mean, I was I was nervous about it because I was like, God, I was like, this girl's going to be like these young kids. I was like 17 years old. I looked like I was 14. <laughs> so, um, and then people are always saying like, oh, it's my first rave. But no, for real, it was. And uh, it was really nice of her. She she didn't have to give me such an elaborate piece. And I think that was really nice because it has carried down the way of all these years. And I will never give it away. This is always going to stay with me. Um, so I like that. It is a, it's like in my little box of antique rave candy <laughs> yeah yeah that's like a classic one no you can't give away no not ever I wish I could make them myself I've tried I've failed Dude, probably me too. Should work on it. I can't I've I just it practice makes perfect it goes with everything but it's a it's a difficult task and I have a whole case of beads and charms just 
collecting dust. So maybe we can have a candy, a candy party. Day. I was about to say, I have candy too. I haven't made it in so freaking long. We'll have to arrange something. I would love that because I am, I need, I want to make new stuff. I haven't really made new stuff in a, in a long time. And, um, especially when like certain groups of friends are all about it and some aren't like, I've always been all about it. So I would definitely think it'd be nice to bring that back. Even when you're just going to like a club soda show, like a girl gave me a candy and I was like, I was like, dang, I was like, oh my God, no one's plured me in so long. And she just like spotted me. She's like, I'm so sorry. She's like, can I come up to you? I was like, yeah, that's fine. Um, and it was really nice that people are still like asking and not being so like all over you. And yeah, we got to trade it. And it was just something really simple and sweet, just a single band. Um, but it was nice to have that again. And I'm like, I want to, I want to be able to do that. And it's just so, I don't know how people are going to feel about like trading in these times. Um, so that makes it a little bit difficult. Like when is, are you allowed to plur? As, uh, as long as the both parties agree, is it okay? Right. I actually just made um, this TikTok video, uh, Ray was at the first rave. And one of the scenes is where um, like somebody gives me a piece of candy. And then the next scene right after is me sanitizing the shit out of it. Because... <laughs> I feel like <laughs> just to be safe, just to be safe. I mean, I'm sure by the time we have raves, it'll be fine. But um, you're going to definitely have those germaphobes um, like me. But even like you said, the fact that she came up and asked if that was okay, I feel like that might be a thing that we see carry over once festival season starts. Like just asking, like, not, I don't want to say permission, but I guess kind of like consent. Like, hey, is it okay? You're kind of making physical contact. Yeah. And especially when you don't know someone, like it's a completely different story if it's your friend. Um, but yeah, that one, um, it was really cute how she came up to me. I was just like, yeah, of course. I was just like, I'm not, I couldn't, I could not say no to that. And I'm really happy that I got that. But now that she had that on her, just like little things here and there, I want to be able to do that. So I was like, well, maybe there's a new way we can express plur. I mean, there's many, many ways you can express plur, but the idea of trading, like, <laughs> I know it's that physical like, touch. It's a physical yeah, touch that's what, of love. Yeah. That's what it's all about. So it, it's interesting. It's like, how do we, how do we get past that? <laughs> perlers, <laughs> perlers, I guess are always a good one. Um, we could just maybe like make like long necklaces and so you can slingshot like, them over <laughs> on to you <laughs> yeah because then you can't bring your head to each other how you're supposed to trade it oh right, but, right i mean if you're both countries. if you're both wearing a mask i guess i don't i don't know yeah. there's so many there's so many politics with that but i know um, what can you do to, you can't and it just gives us more time to make some more beads. So when the time comes, we will have so many, we won't know what to do with. And we'll be like giving them out, begging, like, please take this. Yeah. Beads on beads on beads, candy on candy on candy. <laughs> That's right. Why is that time now to create candy? Hell yeah. But Jessica, I want to thank you so much for being on Best Candy Ever. I freaking miss seeing you. And um, I was honestly wondering how you're doing. So I'm so glad that you agreed to be on the podcast. 
Yes, thank you so much for asking me. And I think about you all the time and I see all your your videos and your posts. And honestly, it's inspirational that you've just kept going. So I'm really happy we had this moment. And I would love to take you to a club show tonight to give you that base that you're yearning and burning for. Yeah, no, I am totally down. Oh my gosh, I'm really excited about that. So uh, go ahead and drop your plugs where people can find you, Vegas Flow. Yeah, so uh, Vegas Flow is on Instagram and Facebook, uh, just Vegas Flow underscore. Um, and then you could look up the, it is a private group on well, we have a private group and then we have our Facebook page. So you can just look that up. Um, you just have to answer a couple of questions. Um, super simple, like what Vegas flow means to you. And um, I think the other question is just like what you're wanting to learn or take from it. Just so we can get an idea of who is joining the new fam or who is part of it. And then uh, for um, posting videos... You can use the hashtag that Vegas flow. A lot of people just use Vegas flow. So it's a collaboration now, either or um, that way we can see it and we can repost it. Um, we do post a lot of locals, but we would love to post other people around the places. And then for me personally, um, I'm just on Instagram, Desert Warrior XO. And hopefully I'll be posting more content soon. I will be posting more content soon on dancing for sure. <laughs> you will. You're manifesting it. You're putting it out I there. Got, it's coming. It's coming. <laughs> Hell yes. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for being on here. And we'll see you guys soon, Candy Fam. Love you. Some last things, Candy Fam. It'd be so appreciated if you guys could please... Leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and let me know um, how I'm doing and what you like, what you'd like, what you'd like to see improvement on on the podcast. Um, and yeah, that would help support Best Candy Ever out. Also, if you guys haven't done so yet, please subscribe to my YouTube YouTube channel, like this video, and leave me a comment. Also, if you guys aren't following me yet please do so. Base Drop Princess, Best Candy Ever on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok. And for some mean dubstep, follow Scudda, aka Scudda Music. I hope you guys enjoyed and I'll see you guys next time, Candy Crew. Big stuff, big stuff, big stuff, big stuff.